Broadcasting from the UNMC College of Nursing, get ready for RN Huddle, the podcast dedicated to bringing hot topics for and by nurses to the table. Hello and welcome to this edition of RN Huddle. I'm your host, Heidi Keeler, faculty at the College of Nursing at UNMC in Nebraska. Thank you so much for listening today. You know, we're going to talk about a topic that I'm sure that it impacts you in your nursing uh, environments. I know that with the span of nursing uh, ages and the average age of nurses being over 40 at this particular time, sometimes we have some difficulty in communication due to different ages of the nurses that we work with. And we know that with the different ages come some different cultures, different phrases, vernaculars, ways of of talking about things. So today we're going to talk about those things. And we brought in three of our own nurses here from Nebraska Medicine in Omaha. We've got Michelle Schulte, Erin Jordan, and Danielle Nichols. They all work in our hospital here, and they've got some interesting discussion about how to communicate with nurses of different quote-unquote generations. So let's go ahead and take a listen. Ladies? Hi, my name is Michelle Schulte. I'm a nursing professional development specialist for 6 and 7 lead over at Nebraska Medicine. I'm Erin Jordan. I'm a nursing professional development specialist lead um, over at Nebraska Medicine. And I'm Danielle. I also work at Nebraska Medicine, and I am a nursing professional development specialist on the Nine Trauma Unit. Um, so we're going to kind of talk. Guys, I have an issue going on right now, and maybe you can help me out. So I have a new patient care tech who's going to start, and she's a little bit older. She told me that she's really not comfortable with technology, doesn't like email. She's only known paper charting. And all of my preceptors are really young and super tech savvy, and I'm really nervous about how this pair is going to work. What can you guys tell me or help me out? Like, how can I, how can I make this work? You know, Michelle, generational differences are like a struggle, like ongoing all the time, it seems like. And it happens in any workforce, but the nursing workforce is very interesting. So background information, we right now have four generations in the workforce. We've got the baby boomers who live to work. It's just part of their life. There's no separation of that work-life balance that you might hear about. It's just something that they do. They go to work, they come home, and it's just all continuous one thing. They have a huge work ethic and they tend to bank their PTO, which some people didn't realize they could do, you know? And then you've got the Gen Xers who, very small population, they were the latchkey kids. You know, they went home, they made their own dinners. Most parents tend to work. So they were kind of just independent. They came home when the lights turned on. And so in the workforce, they're pretty independent. They may not be the team spirited that the baby boomers are. You got the millennials um, who are a good 30% of our workforce. And they are the unfortunate trophy generation. You know, it's it's a bad rap that the millennials get, but it's because they got a trophy for participation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they need a lot of feedback. They are used to feedback. They're used to getting you know, whether they did good or they did poor, they're used to getting that feedback. New up and coming, you got the Gen, Gen Zs. Between the millennials and the Gen Zs, you start hearing more about that work-life balance. I actually heard it termed life-work balance hmm. because they value their life, work and their social activities and stuff kind of above their work. They work for the weekend. They work to get paid so that they can go spend it out on their social life. Not everybody's like that, but some are. Um, Gen Zers, very tech-savvy. You know, social networking and that communication can be a real big challenge for those younger generations. 
Um, so your example, I think, is great. You know, it's 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 reversed where the orientee is now the generation that is not as tech savvy, where you're going to use a preceptor who's a, a millennial, you know, or, or someone of that age. And, you know, Michelle, they can honestly work off of each other's strengths. We have a um, pretty broad population of nurses on our unit. We have a nurse that is in his 70s, and then we have nurses that are in their early 20s. So we had a situation where we had an older nurse that trained a younger nurse, and we were transitioning over to electronic documentation, and the older nurse was used to the paper documentation that we were doing. And so here, this older nurse was teaching this younger nurse how to be a nurse from his experience. And then the younger nurse was teaching the older nurse how to document in electronic documentation, how to work the computer, how to use the fax machine. Um, so they just kind of worked off of each other's strengths throughout the entire orientation process. So they worked very well together. That's awesome. I wonder, um, did you like preface that relationship or anything? Is there any um, anything you did ahead of time to have them understand their communication styles or their learning styles, something that helped them to have a successful orientation together? You know, honestly, we didn't. We just, they were two males <laughs> and we just put them together and they just kind of clicked. I think, you know, we don't allow our generations to define us, um, but we use the strength from each of our generations and we bring it together and make it work. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, also I thought about it as we were talking, we see it all the time on the floor with communication as well with our different generations. We have our older generation that is used to that face-to-face -face talking. They want to talk to the doctors in person. They want to talk to the family in person. And then we have our younger nurses that they would prefer to page the doctor or send a text message to the doctor. So we don't just see it with, you know, orientation. We see it all the time on the floor. You guys ever that problem where maybe the older generations think the younger generations are like maybe they not as strong working, their work ethics are a little bit different? Yeah, we see that sometimes. And I think that you just have to remind everybody that everyone has different values. Like you had talked about that your generation doesn't define you, but almost like who you are when you grew up and what you were taught as values is your definition of you. So if I really value my family, but maybe I'm a Gen Xer, I'm really independent. Um, I might really value my time off and spend it with my family. Maybe somebody else says, I value my time with my friends, and so I'm going to spend my time off. doesn't mean that I'm not invested in my work. I'm a hard worker while I'm here. Although we were talking about uh, work-life balance and communication and using cell phones at work. What have you guys had? What kind of, kinds of experiences have you had? You know, like, life is always happening. It doesn't stop when you come to work. But how do you teach people that when you come to work, you work? But life also can still happen. Right. You know, I have actually had that situation the last two weeks. I've had two people come to me and say they're orientees. They'll catch them on their phone instead of paying attention to what they're doing, which is unfortunate. And you wish you feel like you don't have to set those expectations. <laughs> right. But unfortunately, sometimes you do. And one explains she's like, well, you know, my, my son, I'm worried about him getting picked up from school today and how that's going to work. And you're like, I feel you. I understand. You know, I'm a mom or whatever. And I understand that situation. But, you know, we've while you're here you need to be learning and watching me. I think those expectations have to be set. Kind of back to what Danielle was saying, I think um, communication doesn't just stop with orientation. Communication, you know, is across the entire spectrum of healthcare 
because you're never not going to have face-to-face communication. So maybe our older generations can teach the younger generations Mm -hmm. how to have those meaningful conversations, how to look somebody in the eye and discuss their healthcare versus the younger generations who are so comfortable with technology and may not have that warmth in their communication. And maybe that's where we kind of talk about how different generations can add into their their strengths and stuff like that. They can build up one another. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, that even comes down to the patients themselves where you have that nurse that comes sit at that patient's bedside and explain what diabetes is. And this is what I've seen. These are the signs and symptoms versus some of those other nurses that kind of lack communication where they'll bring a handout and give it to the patient and it's more impersonal. Um, And they just expect the patient to read the handout that they gave them about diabetes. So, yeah, kind of knowing who your patient's generation is too would be important because if a young, brand new type 1 diabetic pediatric kid came in and you tried to sit down and have a meaningful conversation about (laughs) diabetes, he's going to say, can you put it on my iPad so I can read it later? Because this isn't how I'm going to learn. Can I YouTube this? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Can I watch a video on how this podcast on it? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So while we're talking about generations and all these communication styles, learning styles, Last night I came into work and I have a nurse who just got off orientation about six months ago. She pulled me aside and said, hey, Michelle, I want to know how am I doing? I haven't gotten any feedback on how I'm doing in the last... And I started giggling. I didn't mean to hurt her. I wasn't trying to be insensitive, but I said, you're doing fine. No news is good news. And she goes, well, I I just want to know. Nobody's talking to me and giving me that Mm -hmm. feedback. And it was such a light bulb of... You fit in this category, the generation, uh, millennial generation, Gen Y, because they want feedback all the time on how they're doing versus the baby boomers and the Gen Xers maybe not need that feedback or that reassurance all the time. So maybe I'll keep that in mind when I pair my orientee, the older and the younger one together too. And, you know, I keep that in mind too, even when we meet with our nurses, because we have nurses that this may be their second career. And so I can kind of gauge because some, you know, normally we meet every two weeks just to discuss their progress and things like that. And sometimes I don't meet with them as often um, when I can kind of feel that they're like, okay, why are we meeting Mm -hmm. again? We just talked about this last week. So we can gauge that with our progress meetings as well. Yeah. So one thing I think is interesting about generations is They're defined by years, and so I was born in 85, so that puts me as a a millennial. And I have some qualities and characteristics of a millennial. However, I grew up in a small town, and so some of the characteristics that I have where I'm more independent, um, I was the come home and just let yourself in kind of kid, really was based off of where I lived and how I was raised also. So I think, too, like, what are your guys' experience? Like, how were you raised, and how have those affected your I was, I was raised in a small town, so kind of the same as you. I lived out in the country, so it wasn't like I could go to the city without driving there, the city, the town, without (laughs) driving there. And, you know, but we'd walk in the middle of the streets in the middle of the town and we'd, we'd walk around the entire town. Whereas I'm scared to let my three and six year old play in the front yard. You know, I have to be in the, in the driveway watching them, you know? And so, yeah, I think it's just a different world than what you used to work with. Right, right. And I, myself too, born in 85, was from a single parent household. So I was that kid that let myself in in third grade. My sister was in fifth grade, you know, and my mom would come home a couple hours later after working. So 
I seen my mom working 40, 50 hours a week. So I think I kind of picked that up as Mm -hmm. far as work ethic. I find myself um, compared to some other people my age where they have the life work balance, Mm -hmm. where I prefer the work life balance where I feel bad. Like I think when I was on the floor as a nurse, I hardly called in because it's like, uh, I don't want to leave my team hanging. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to use PTO hours that I want to hoard for something else that might come up. And even now with a having a salary position, I still make myself, okay, I got here at eight o'clock so I can leave at four o'clock. You know, yeah. I still have yeah. that time did you, set. Did you get the coupon clipping from your mom too? You yeah. <laughs> I'm very frugal with my money. <laughs> So it does make a difference um, how you were raised and because you do have some younger nurses that we peg them as being, you know, that life work balance where they want to spend all their PTO. And then you have some that come and they're like, I'm here. I'm new on the totem pole. Put me where you need me to work. If I have to work holidays, I'll work holidays. So I think it is how you were raised and what you came from. I think it's a balance because, yeah, I saw my dad working 50, 60 hour work weeks and he'd go to work before we even left for school or woke up and then he'd come home, but he was still there to come to my games and whatnot. And so I appreciate that. Whereas my mom was a kindergarten teacher. So it was like, I don't know. I'm, my mom's going to be home. doesn't matter. If I had <laughs> on school, mom's going to be home. You know, she was there in the summers and whatnot. So it was a little bit of both. It was that the parent was there to be there for the kids, but also I saw my dad, the baby boomer working 60 hour work weeks. But to your point, like I'm like you, I hoard my PTO because I don't know when someone's going to be sick for a long period mm-hmm. of time or when I'm going to need that. Um, I saw baby boomers working on the floor that, you know, they would cash in their PTO. We don't get that option anymore. But now it's it's now, okay, well, I did work my 40 hours. I'm good, you know, and, and so it's a little bit of a balance. And I think it changes as you grow up too. Do you think part of that is that, so think about like the millennial generation and the Z generation. Um, they grew up with like mass shootings and the Twin Towers and all these horrible national global events that happen that maybe makes you realize like, I need to live in the moment. I need to spend all of this time not working to death. So in in a job, maybe that I don't like, maybe that's why we see those generations trying to find the job that fulfills Mm -hmm. their, their spirit and their soul. But I think too, that like the, the traumatic things that happen in those generations have really shaped maybe that life work balance. Like I'm not going to spend my, all of my days and hours picking up extra bonus just to not see my friends or my family or go to this concert I want to go to or see the world. You know, mm-hmm. We see a lot of millennials and um, Gen Z's traveling a lot, mm-hmm. a lot of travel nursing because, you know, I want to see what's out there. Mm-hmm. You and to tag on to that, I have even come across nurses that haven't been in the field long, but they're like, you know what, I'm going to go part time because I just had a child and I want to spend time, you know, with this baby. And you're like, I want to do that. (laughs) But it's that whole life is short. You know, I want to spend as much time as I can with this kid because you don't get that time back. So it is a fine line of balancing work and life. This is a good conversation, girls. So I think it, I mean, in talking about millennials and communication and technology, I think to sum it all up, we all work off of each other. Like without our baby boomers, what would our, you know, think about what our workforce would be like. Without our millennials, what would our workforce be like? So I think we all have a piece of the puzzle that makes it complete with everyone a part of it. Um, And with one missing, 
it's just not the same. Yeah, definitely respect everybody and their strengths and what they bring to the table. That's a really good point to take back when I, you know, sit down with this pair and, you know, explain the orientation process and meet with them and, and, you know, facilitate a successful orientation. Well, thank you so much for that interesting discussion on how to communicate with different generations. I know that I've experienced this in my nursing career and still do in my current position. And uh, and I know that this will make things just a little bit easier. And if nothing else, we can definitely have fun with each other talking about these differences. So thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of RN Huddle and can't wait to see you back here next time. Thank you so much. Bye-bye from your host, Heidi Keeler, and the University of Nebraska Medical Center, College of Nursing. Thank you for listening to RN Huddle. To stay connected, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at UNMC CNE, or check out unmc.edu slash CNE for more program information.